Good morning. There we go. <laughs> Eureka. Well, it is really good to be here this morning. It actually is a privilege to come back and, um, well, I get to see everybody. It would have been nice just to come back and see everybody if the college said, yeah, go back to your home core and just sit and relax. But they didn't do that, but um, that's okay. <laughs> um, so we're going to start off with the scripture this morning. So if you have your Bibles there, if not, I think, believe it, it is on the screen, maybe. Um, but it's from Genesis 50 and it's verses 15 to 21. So Genesis 50, verses 15 to 21. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, What if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? So they sent word to Joseph saying, Your father left these instructions before he died. This is what you are to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now please forgive the sins of the servants of the God of your father. When their, and when their message came to him, Joseph wept. His brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. So what a great passage. And I, will, I haven't added this in, but when I was looking at the different passages to preach from, like I looked at the list, I'm like, this really stood out to me because I'm like, yeah, this to me is a sermon in itself. Like I don't need to go any further, but, but I will. But I just want to ask a question this morning. Have you ever felt guilty over something? Yeah. <laughs> like I, throughout my life, I probably haven't done too many bad, bad things where, you know, I need to feel guilty too badly. But obviously there's probably things I've said to people. I've done little things along the way. But this is sort of an opposite story. When I was, you know, just a couple of years ago when I was in grade five. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wish, Yeah. Um, it's actually probably my worst year in primary school. But um, the teacher, there was one day that somebody did do something wrong in the class and the teacher was told us all that we had to stay in. We couldn't go out for lunch until that person owned up to what was ever done. I can't remember that part. So I wanted to go out for lunch. So I put my hand up and said that I did it. <laughs> I don't know what the teacher thought because... And then back in that day too, you had would you say corporate punishment like I was hit with the ruler five times on my hand because I put my hand up to to doing whatever it was but I was thinking about the person that actually did the crime or whatever happened like wonder how they felt like did they feel guilty because I put my hand up and took the punishment or did they just sort of go yes like and then thought of the teacher as well, because I was a goody-goody two-shoes. Wonder if he actually realised I didn't do it, but here he was smacking me over the hand with the ruler. Um, but just, yeah, it just made me think of when I was looking in this story of, of feeling guilty. Um, in a way, I felt guilty because I took the punishment, but I didn't really probably need to in that aspect. But here's Joseph's brothers. They've come to see him. They were feeling guilty, we saw just in that video of, of some of the things that they did to Joseph throughout Joseph's life, in his earlier life. They were horrible to him. They plotted to kill him. 
They had him sold as a slave. He was sent to prison. Joseph had a lot of challenging times with his flesh and blood. But why? Well, the brothers were jealous of him. They were jealous because he was the favoured one. And that was according to their father. He, they were jealous because of what the father had, you know, saw of Joseph. Even when people don't read the Bible and don't know a lot about Christianity, I think most people know of this, this story of Joseph. I mean, he had a whole musical written about him. But we have this man that was classed as the favoured one and the jealousy of the brothers. His brothers had a growing resentment for him, not just because he was the favoured one, but because he also had dreams of that one day he would be ruling over them. But now in this passage, we see a turnaround with the brothers. They had all this power to start with. But now his brothers were now feeling guilty and even fearful. They didn't have the power over Joseph that they once had. They were afraid. They thought that maybe Joseph would be against them. They were fearful that they would be punished by him. And because of this fear, it drove them to seek forgiveness from Joseph. And I really want to emphasize that at that point. It drove them to seek forgiveness. It was almost like they didn't come willingly. They were well aware of how they treated him. And they also knew how now the tables had turned and how Joseph now had the power and they didn't. I think every one of us here today has a story, Not wouldn't say like Joseph, I don't think too many of us have been sold as slaves, but we have scars. We've, we've gone through pain. Scars of people treating us negatively. Scars of being betrayed by friends or family. Scars of rejection, scars of family dysfunction. There are plenty of pages between us all here that have pain. But it's what we do in that pain. It's what we do with those scars. You know, there were choices that we can make in those moments when we are hurt by others. Like, do I hold a grudge? Do I retaliate? How do I get back at them? Or maybe there's choices of, how do I forgive them? How do I turn my page in this story so it has a more positive outcome? How do I change the narrative? How do I change what I've been saying about myself in my own mind? There's so many things here, so many choices we could have. Now, a couple of years ago, I think some of you were here. It was at the um, Divisional Create camp. And um, we had the opportunity of making, I think it's pronounced kintsugi. So if you don't know what a kintsugi is, it's basically a Japanese art where they get broken pottery or from a vase and they put it back together using gold-infused resin. So we had the opportunity to do this at the camp I don't think it was in the divisional budget for us to use gold-infused resin. So we had gold-infused hot glue. And it had glitter, so sparkles, so that made it even better, like almost the same. But they, they used this gold to 
put back together the pieces. So we actually broke it ourselves and then tried to put it back as it didn't look anywhere near as good as the Japanese one. If I can get that picture up there, Ash. So this is basically what it looks like. They're putting things back together. And when it comes to the, that finished product, it actually becomes more like has more worth to it because it's infused with this gold and you can see where it's been broken you can see the scars you know like us we can hold on to the hurts we can hold on to the pain we can maybe even display our open scars for all to see or we can allow our brokenness and scars to be a part of the beautiful creation that God has made us when I was looking more into this kintsugi art, I was reminded of an old chorus that some of you may know. It's one that I used to sing in church as a child. And it is something beautiful, something good. All my confusion he understood. All I had to offer him was brokenness and strife, but he made something beautiful of my life. Joseph's story, when we look at it, wasn't that beautiful to start with, all that he went through. He was nearly killed. He was set up by Potiphar's wife. He ended up in prison for years. But Joseph chose to continue to trust God in the difficult, the messy, the ugly, and not so good times. He was able to, he was able to trust God to help him to choose mercy and grace over revenge. He was able to show undeserved grace and mercy to his brothers, to the ones that had hurt him and betrayed him. Joseph used his power that he now had to not seek revenge, but to forgive. Joseph didn't romanticize the wrong his brothers did. And if you look at verse 20, it actually, he says to his brothers, you intended to harm me. But he didn't stop there. Joseph continues to say, God meant it for good. You continue to harm me, but God meant it for good. How is that so? How did God mean this for good? Well, I'm just going to go through a few things. It's something that I found in a commentary, so I'm going to try and cut it down as best as I could. But it basically talks about Joseph's life and how it started to where it ended. So if Joseph's, brother never, if Joseph's brothers never sold him to the Midianites, then Joseph wouldn't have gone to Egypt. If Joseph never went to Egypt, he wouldn't have, be, he wouldn't have been sold to Potiphar. If Joseph was never sold to Potiphar, Potiphar's wife would have never falsely accused him of rape. If he, wasn't um, if he wasn't falsely accused of rape, then Joseph would have never been put in prison. If he never went to prison, he wouldn't have met Baker and the butler of Pharaoh, who he interpreted dreams for. If he didn't meet them, he wouldn't have met um, Pharaoh, who he also interpreted dreams for. If he never interpreted dreams for all of them, he would never have become prime minister in Egypt, second to Pharaoh. If that didn't happen, he would never have prepared for the famine to come. If he wasn't prepared for the famine to come, his family back in Canaan would have died. If Joseph's family back in Canaan died in the famine, then the Messiah would not have come from a dead family. 
if the Messiah did not come forth, then Jesus never came. If Jesus never came, then we are all dead in our sins and without hope in this world. God meant it for good. But because Joseph trusted the over the overarching hand of God, even in all that that happened to him, through all the evil, through all the negative, he showed love and compassion to his brothers. Often the problem we have in loving others and in freeing ourselves from our bitterness we may have towards them is really a problem of not knowing who God is in us, not knowing what God is doing in our lives, not trusting God in those moments. Joseph's love for his brothers was shown not only in feeling in words, but in practical action. He provided for his brothers and their families. He restored relationships. He restored them from restitution. With this being, this story being in Genesis, as most of you should know, that it's the first book of the Bible. So we're looking at right at the beginning of the Bible, Joseph didn't have any other scriptures with him. He didn't have the New Testament. But I swear if he did, he would have had this verse tattooed on his arm. And it's Romans 8, 28. And it says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Unfortunately, sometimes we forget the truth in that verse. But I'm going to read it in a different translation to you now, which is from the Passion And it says, so we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together for good. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his designed purpose. God meant it for good. Although Joseph had a lot of wealth and power at this point, he hadn't become proud and unkind He knew the power of God in his own life. He knew the power of God. Our brokenness, the difficult, the messy, the hurt, the unexpected that happens in life certainly isn't, I don't believe, our plan for our life when all this is thrown at us. But it cannot stop God from doing good things. God had a plan to use Joseph and God has a plan to use each and every one of us, even through our brokenness. When we allow God to turn our brokenness into beauty, we then allow God to be able to use us beyond our wildest imagination. One of my favourite verses is from Ephesians 3.20 and in the Passion Translation it says, Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all. For his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Joseph was energized. He had the energy from God to be able to do what he did. You may have heard of the saying, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. Yes, I can certainly say that personally that I've had lots of lemons that have tasted very sour. And sometimes you want to throw those lemons at something, I won't say someone, 
at something, but you don't, you know, you just, but you've got these, you've been handed these lemons, but it's what you do with those lemons. And as a personal testimony, if I had not had those lemons, then I wouldn't be here today. And I can trace back my life like I did with Joseph earlier and how God meant it for good. I can trace my life back to being here. And that is, for some of you may know Miranda. If it wasn't for Miranda, um, who I met in Townsville, um, she invited me to Paraffel Gardens when I was just freshly coming out of my, um, my marriage. So if it wasn't for those connections back there and the hurt that I've gone through, I wouldn't be here today. When we work through the bitter taste of the lemons, we have an opportunity to taste the sweetness of the lemonade. That is the power of God in our lives. The power of God gives us the power to be able to forgive as well, like Joseph did. Forgiveness, the word forgiveness is so easy to say, but is it easy to do? It's one of the hardest things that we'll have to do as a Christian, especially when pain is involved. However, when we use the power of God to forgive, that forgiveness frees us from the resentment and the fear, which can help us to move forward as we strive in our Christian journey. It helps us to be free from the control of the person that has hurt us. By the end of his life, Joseph had reached a vantage point from which he could see the bigger picture. Joseph could see God's sovereign grace had triumphed over the actions of his brothers, but then using their actions for the saving of many lives. We can't always understand why, especially when we're in the thick of it. But when we have that chance to actually step back in our lives and see the power of God's grace and mercy, then we can even maybe look at the events and challenges that we've been a part, that have been a part of our past. We may wish they weren't there, but however, the challenge is, is Are you able to allow God to use your past, your brokenness, the scars, the pain to create a precious work of art in the kingdom of God? Maybe you need to reach out to forgive someone or maybe the challenge is even to reach out and forgive yourself. In a moment, we're going to sing the song, The Potter's Hand, and I think this one will be quite familiar to most. And the um, chorus, two words, two lines in the chorus says, take me and mould me, use me, fill me. I give my life to the potter's hand. Those lines are quite challenging. Take me, take all of me, take me, take me with my brokenness and my scars. Take my pain, but then mould me. Mold me into the clay like the artist or like the kintsugi. Use me for your kingdom. Use me as a vessel and fill me with your love, your grace, your forgiveness. I give myself, all of me, to the potter's hand. But then the next two lines, to me it's almost like a sigh of relief. Because it says, call me, but then you guide me, you walk beside me. You lead me. He's, we're not alone in this. He's with us every step of the way. I give myself to the potter's hand. 
this morning as we sing this, or maybe you don't even want to sing it, maybe you just want to sit in the worship of it and in just listening to the words and just allow the Holy Spirit to come over you and to even fill those gaps with that, like the kintsugi, with the gold-infused resin, but with the Holy Spirit. And just, just allow this moment to soak over you and just take it in. There were this morning, even in my devotions, um, there was something that I thought, this actually goes well. It was with a totally different Bible passage that in um, the Old Testament, but I think it fits what I'm saying here today. And it says, God will often use what we have left, not what we have lost. Posture your heart before your heavenly Father. Humble yourself to sit under his leading and to be guided by his direction. God's provision will always be unlocked when you position your life in his will. The question is, are you in a position? So as we sing this together, let's just soak this in and allow the Holy Spirit's presence to come upon you.